And welcome back to Harry Potter and the Reread Podcast. I'm your host, David Jensen, joined as always with my co-host, Kyle Chance. Kyle, how are you? Solid. I'm doing great. We had discussed uh, a little bit of Lego last week, Harry Potter Lego, some of the cool new sets. I usually have something fun or try to think of something fun to discuss, but we'll get into it a little bit more. You, I think you know this about me. I am not an action person. Like if I had to decide like what kind of movie I wanted to watch, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, give me the action adventure one that I would like to watch. That's, that's just not me. Like car crashes, gun chases, or wand battles in this case, because here's the thing. If you like action, then this is a chapter for you. We're talking chapter 35, Beyond the Veil. Yeah, this book paced itself so poorly that nothing happened for long periods of time. And in this chapter, everything is happening. Um, so why don't I just take you with it and I'll try and be as concise as possible because there's a lot going on. There's tons. I give you credit if you can manage to summarize this nicely. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see it. So at the end of last chapter... Uh, Harry was uh, getting his hands on the prophecy and we heard an unknown voice who we knew who was because it says in the first sentence on the next page. It's Lucius Malfoy and uh, Lucius and five Death Eaters have appeared and Lucius wants the prophecy. Harry asks about Sirius and Lucius confirms that in fact Sirius is not there and this was all a trap. And he also confirms that what Harry is holding, because Harry did not know, was in fact a prophecy. Um, the prophecy is why they're there. Um, so he's using the leverage of the prophecy to prevent the Death Eaters from attacking slash torturing um, his friends. Uh, and so he starts asking questions about what the prophecy is all about, and the Death Eaters sort of look at him like he's nuts. Um, and they, specifically Bellatrix, don't like uh, that he says Voldemort the name, and she specifically doesn't like that he calls Voldemort a half-blood. And she goes to attack Harry, but Lucius, in fact, deflects the spell because they can't risk the prophecy. That's a big thing that goes on in this chapter. No matter what we do, we can't risk the prophecy. So Harry stalls the white man just to pass a message that what we should do is we should break the prophecies because when Lucius deflected Beltric's spell, it is shelf of prophecies. They all broke and the prophecies were kind of like ghosts came out and repeated the prophecies. So a good distraction. So Malfoy turns out is surprised that Harry doesn't know about the prophecy and explains that only the people who are in the prophecy can retrieve it and that this is a prophecy about Harry and Voldemort and that the prophecy is the reason why Voldemort tried to kill Harry as a baby. So Harry asks a pretty reasonable question. I think you might have asked this question yourself last time. Uh, why didn't Voldemort just come get it himself? But, you know, you don't go to the ministry when they are conveniently ignoring your return, which is what we talked about. So in the middle of this discussion, well, I guess not in the middle of the discussion, at the end of the discussion, but in the middle of the conversation, Harry puts his plan into action. Everybody starts breaking a bunch of prophecies and chaos ensues. Harry, Neville, and Hermione escape the Death Eaters, but they've gotten themselves separated 
from Rod and Ginny. Death Eaters find them. They're one's about to kill Hermione, but Harry tackles him. Neville disarms both the Death Eater and Harry. Uh, then Neville and Hermione attack said Death Eater, and Hermione gets Harry's wand back. The Death Eater gets his head stuck in an aging loop, which you know makes his head go from baby to old person and back. Uh, we fight some more Death Eaters, and one of them knocks Hermione unconscious and then breaks Neville's uh, nose and wand. So Harry wants Neville to take Hermione out, but Neville is going to carry Hermione while they go searching for everybody else. They do find everyone else, but Ginny has a broken ankle and something has happened and Ron is basically acting drunk. Um, and then the Death Eaters find them again and everyone but... Harry and Neville are incapacitated as a result of this finding. They get knocked out, or in Ron's case, he gets like a, his head in some sort of creature like and, you know, drunk Yeah. Yeah. But basically, everyone is incapacitated, and then even Harry and Neville end up getting caught. So Harry tries to negotiate letting everybody go and he'll give the prophecy, but that just ends up in Neville getting tortured by Beltrix. And so he's about to hand over the prophecy so that she doesn't kill Neville. And then reinforcements arrive. Lupin, Sirius, Moody, Tonks, Kingsley. They're all here now. Bunch more fighting. Results in Harry being choked by a Death Eater. And Neville uh, actually manages to stab said Death Eater in the eye with Hermione's wand. So Harry gets free. Bunch more fighting. And now Malfoy has Harry. And is about to take the prophecy. So Harry, Hevel, Harry, sorry, tosses the prophecy to Neville, but something's happened to Neville's legs and they're no longer working properly. So he puts the prophecy in his pocket. And as Harry's trying to uh, pull Neville to safety, the prophecy falls out and is broken. And it starts to um, reveal itself, but Harry, there's too much chaos. Harry can't hear what the prophecy is saying. Dumbledore arrives, and with the arrival of Dumbledore, he basically apprehends all of the Death Eaters on his own. Um, and the fading has basically subsided, except for Bellatrix versus Sirius. He manages to dodge a spell, but she then hits him with, we don't know what spell she hits him with, but she hits him with one spell through the uh, in the chest, and he falls backward through the veil. Harry is kind of in shock. He's staring at the veil. Lupin grabs him to to prevent him from following Sirius through. And that is the chapter. He's gone, Lupin says. He's gone. So Sirius Black meets his surmise. But let's kind of demise. The surmise is the rise. But surmise is just something you do when you're thinking. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Yeah. The surmise of the demise. Sirius Black is gone. Um, but there's the, there's a there's a lot there's a lot that goes on before that. So let's try and goes on. Know, we could break it down. Usually we want to break it down topics, too, too much. But what stood out to you yeah. then? That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, and and this kind of ties into one of the main things that I had forgotten about this chapter is. They start off and things are okay. And then one by one, we start losing members of the DA. So Harry or Hermione is the first one. She gets knocked unconscious. And then we find Ginny, 
but she has a broken ankle and and she can't really do anything mm-hmm. now ron is dr- basically is drunk somehow um you know the um uh, luna and Ginny get when they get they get ambushed they get knocked out neville is still there but because of his broken nose he can't speak and articulate clearly so he's basically useless and then Plus he, used, he lost his wand well he has hermione's wand at least but yes he Which, did lose his yeah. wand but then so he's so then he's there and he's he's almost worse in this scenario because he tries to help and he just gets himself caught but it's like they were doing okay and then we see that as he loses more and more of his reinforcements things just get worse and worse and worse what I thought was interesting is the order of the reinforcements, because over the last few chapters, we've seen Harry look down on Ginny and Luna and Neville. But I'd argue yeah. that they were the biggest contributors in this little battle because they lose Hermione pretty early. And if it wasn't for Neville helping Hermione and Harry out, they weren't going to get out of that situation. And then we don't know what happened exactly with Ron to put him in the drunken state that he was and Ginny who broke her ankle. We get maybe a little bit of a descriptor about it, how Luna and Ginny had basically helped him out. But if it wasn't for them, weaker members of the DA, then they wouldn't have got out of there either so they play a really big role in this and ron and hermione who are usually like his most trusted sidekicks are the ones who are most likely to assume to contribute to any type of offense or defense they're they're not as useful this time around so i thought that that was interesting and it goes to show how well harry's done at training them as well through the DA because they're five kids taking on I think they're described as like maybe a dozen adult death eaters and they manage to hold their own for a lot of it I mean until they don't at the end like if the battle had kept going on and the order didn't arrive then absolutely they would have well yeah the order arrived at the exact perfect moment because the 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 battle was basically over but it's you make a good point like they they do a decent job of of getting away. And the thing here is Harry and Hermione and Neville could have gotten away. Yeah, they could have left like earlier. They could, they could have left. And um Well, you know, Harry Harry feels a huge responsibility to make sure that everyone gets out of this. He's in total denial at the start, where all he can utter is like, We're serious, we're serious. I know Sirius is here. He's not. You have been tricked so bad, and he it takes him a while to come to that understanding. But then once he finally does, it's a total gut punch to him, right? Where he realizes that he's putting all of his friends in danger for no reason whatsoever, all because yeah. of the predict how they exactly how the Death Eaters yeah. predicted it to be that Harry and, would try and so and we, we get the cl- we do get the clarification. So we're just gonna jump around because. We'll jump around. Yeah, plot to talk about. So we do one of the plot pieces we do get landed on is this was in fact Voldemort's plan. Mm-hmm. So Voldemort kept using the dreams to show Harry where the prophecy was, and they're surprised it took him so long to even attempt to do this because 
they assume Harry knows about the prophecy. Which is so interesting. The prophecy. Yeah. They Uh, thought he would just see the dream, see the shelves, and know exactly where to go and what to do. And why why he was seeing it. So here's a fun fact. Being kept in the dark has kept Harry alive here. Because if he did know, you know, Voldemort's not wrong. Harry does seem like the type who would be like, no, it's worth the risk. I should go get it. Yeah. But he didn't know what he was looking at. Now, the argument there on the flip side could be if he had known, then maybe he would have thought it was a trap. But there's a chance, excuse me, there's a chance that even if he knew it was a trap, if he thought there was a chance Sirius was being tortured, he still this we would have still been here. I think um, so. Now, maybe we would have been a bit better off at validating where Sirius was, but... Uh, you know that's its own, that's its own, that's its own thing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of plans, like I'll just throw this out since we're jumping all over the place, but we also get some confirmation from earlier on in the book where we had feelings that um, there were two individuals. There was Bode, and who was the other one who they tried Sturgis to Sturgis yep, Pod? We got so we get our confirmation that. Voldemort and the Death Eaters were attempting to use these two to be able to get into the Ministry and into yeah. the Department of Mysteries, rather, to retrieve this until we learn, mm-hmm. of course, that that plan wouldn't work because Harry was the one who needed to retrieve it. Yeah. So I feel like that should be a known thing that you have to be part of the prophecy, but it's not. So that's okay. Um, yeah. And then there's just a lot of running around, getting into trouble getting out of trouble um and and they do a good job except this kind of, the, the capture sort of feels inevitable because there is no really place for them to escape even if they get out of the department of mysteries then they're just in the ministry of magic yeah um yeah one thing that i'm looking forward to finding out is how did the death eaters and the order know that harry and the and the da were there i gotta think it's got to be the check-in process we talked about the security lack of security at the ministry um but i gotta think that they tripped some something that let both sides know they were there yeah i don't know what it would be that like yeah trigger the security maybe kingsley shacklebot who we know is an aura and has those connections to the ministry maybe he was tipped off i'm i'm not 100 percent sure so i'm sure that will probably be explained very soon since we are right near the end of this book now we are so close to the end well so yeah i'm no, curious think, to keep an eye on that i think we'll get it answered hopefully but i do think i do think it's going to be like yeah the little welcome wizard piece tipped them off which is good. We, like we critic, we were pretty critical of the security, but it took them a long time for both for both groups to get there, and it probably should have been faster, considering everybody can operate. Yeah. Um. So, you know, few uh, so, few memorable names that come out of the Death Eaters. Um, one that I thought like there's Crab and Malfoy, of course, who we come to expect, Bellatrix Lestrange, which we get our first kind of interaction with. The only one that I wanted to point out because I thought it was interesting was 
We get McNair, the guy who is supposed to execute Buckbeak, the hippogriff yeah. from the third book, coming in, and he gets stabbed in the eye courtesy of oh, Neville, Neville, who can't yeah. use Hermione's wand, but he can use it as a physical weapon. Yeah. Yeah, and the other the other Death Eater was Dolahov, who we um we know was in Azkaban because of uh Kirkruff. That's right. Conference. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so five Death Eaters. We get the five order members, we get a lot of action. There's not much else to really talk about. Um a fun chapter to read. Ironically, we complained about nothing happening in the earlier chapters. But now there's so much to talk about. But this was just this like, and this is a nice, you know, mm-hmm. segue because my my main prediction is that this chapter is all action, and this chapter is all action. All action. Um, yeah. So I said we we're going to be all action. We're going to fight with Death Eaters. Bellatrix was going to knock Sirius through the veil, and Voldemort and Dumbledore were going to arrive at the end. Well, so certainly all action. They certainly fought with the Death Eaters. We had a question of was it going to be a spell or was it going to be physical to go through the veil? You're right. She uses some sort of magic to knock him through the veil. And he goes very slow the entire time. I thought that that was something added to the movie maybe for like visual dramatic effect. But that seems to be the case of the spell or was it just Harry seeing things in slow motion? I thought that was Harry seeing things in slow motion. It could be. Um, yeah, like sort of the time standstill effect um, is what I interpreted that as. So Voldemort obviously didn't arrive. Dumbledore did clean things up. There was some there were some cool explanations of Dumbledore's magic as well. And one of those, this is one of those scenes where you see why he's so regarded. Mm-hmm. He just sort of handled everything immediately. It was it was cool. Well, even Harry, once he gets there, Harry's like, "Oh, everyone's safe." We're going to be fine. We're going to get out of this alive now just because Dumbledore is there. And that's something I think in this read through now, this entire time, I'm realizing that Dumbledore is not just another wizard. He is the greatest of all time and like heads and shoulders above the rest. He is. He is. Uh, We do not see Voldemort. Oh, go ahead. I see your predictions here. Death Eaters were going to arrive. One of them was going to be Bellatrix. You mentioned an evil monologue, and we do get it. We do get some monologuing at the beginning from Lucius, but it's less monologuing and more it's, back and forth. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, Order was going to arrive. We have a battle. We Bellatrix would would magic series. Like, yeah, this was an all this was an all action chapter. Easy to kind of predict what was going to happen. Yeah. The one thing that I had forgotten was sort of the prominence of Neville in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um. He's really there for the whole thing. He's 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 effective until he's not, obviously. But yeah, but he holds um, things together and really helps them get to that point because they weren't even getting to the point of surviving no. and making it to the arrival of the Order of the Phoenix if it weren't for a lot of what he did. Um, a lot yeah. of stuff that I forgot was just a lot of the specifics like yes you could predict that there's a battle but a lot of the specifics about it that i would have forgot and also that there was still a good amount of comedy wrapped up into this as well like we get we talked about it last week with the hummingbird that like is reborn and dies all in like an instant and so one of the death eaters heads gets 
shoved into this thing. And then he just has a baby head that grows old and then comes the baby head again and just goes through the life cycle again, which is funny. Ron being drunk. Ron Ron being drunk drunk. is funny. Making a Uranus joke, which is early peak 2005, I'd say. So that was. Oh, yeah. Right on. Right on. And even Neville's dancing legs, too. Like, so the spell that just sends Neville's legs, like, kicking and dancing all over the place. It's a weird spell and a weird time to use it, but it makes for some comedic effect uh, effect throughout what is otherwise a very action packed chapter. Yeah. Did anything stand out to you in terms of things that, that didn't make sense? It just bugs me that the Death Eaters are trying to run around in the dark catching these kids wearing these masks that are restricting their vision so that they don't have the peripherals. Like, think of when you were a kid wearing Halloween costumes and masks and how you wouldn't be able to see, like, really left or right. And you pretty dangerous walking across the street even when you're doing that type of thing. And here they are trying to catch these kids. Yeah, you got to use your Halloween costume as well. You're, you know performing your most important evil tasks one of my best halloween costumes i don't know if it was the best but it's memorable at this point do you remember like they had like those big rubber masks that you would put on and they had they were like sporting equipment so mine was just like a big baseball head and he looked crazy the man looked insane with like a ron drunk basically and so that was memorable for me. And it may, I just, I was thinking about that throughout this chapter as I read being like, they must, some of them took their masks off, but some of them struggled so much because yeah. they're in a dark room because... and they can't see 20 or 90 degrees to the right. Yeah. It, that was the one thing that kind of bothered me is that it took them so long to deal with six kids. Um, and the fact that, they just so when Harry was not there, they didn't just kill a bunch of people. Like, like why are you walking in unsure? Like, just kill him. Yeah, like, they didn't. They didn't hesitate with um, Cedric last book. Yeah. So why all of a sudden the hesitation? Like, yes, they they needed to treat Harry with a little bit of fragility but Harry, because but they got Harry separated. Yeah. I guess maybe, I mean, I suppose maybe they couldn't tell who was separated because they couldn't see. I guess. That's it. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this chapter? None. The only thing I kind of thought here is there was a, you you mentioned Neville didn't have his wand because it got broken. But that also wasn't Neville's wand. He didn't have his own wand. Like he was using his dad's wand. Which That's true. Kind of might explain why Neville struggles in school. I never thought about that. But that's true, because we know that you got to have a wand specific to them. Maybe if it's your dad's wand, you're able to work it out and like work out the yeah, kinks see, and the feeling of it. Of, but we see examples of people using other people's wands. Harry is going to use um, uh, uh, Draco's wand in book seven, and it and he talks about like. It works, but it's not the same. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like you shouldn't be allowed to. I mean, and this was sort of Ron too. In, in the first, in the first two books, he didn't have his own wand either. Yeah. 
and yeah. you know he gets his own wand and he starts getting better and stuff so no that that's a really good point that i never thought of and then like at one point he's like oh gran's gonna kill me that was my dad's wand gran is gonna be real fucking proud of you for well killing she's gonna be real enemies. she might kill you for being in the situation to begin with. it's true but at the end of the day, we've met Gran a little bit. She's a feisty old broad. I think that she'll be pretty proud of him in, in the end. So <laughs> I'll give it to them. Um, any quotes or anything that stood out to you in particular from this uh, from this chapter? I found it a little more yeah, difficult. So I, I had a quote that I it was, it was pretty early on. It, basically, Harry had just realized that this was a trap. I have the same mm-hmm. as you, I'm pretty sure. And he's he's trying to stall and he says and he's thinking in his mind, he says he just wanted to make sure that none of his friends paid a price for his terrible, terrible stupidity. And I my had, thought, as I read this was like, finally, finally, he realizes how dumb he's being. Yeah, he has a couple thoughts like that. So this one was where he still hadn't quite accepted the reality yet. He says, if Sirius was really not here, then he had led his friends to their deaths for no reason at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just just not the move harry and that's why you've been lvp a bunch lately but the big question is is he lvp this chapter i considered him because this wouldn't have happened he wouldn't have brought his friends into danger he wouldn't have needed the order to come in and risk their lives his godfather would still be alive if he wasn't stupid and just ran into battle without thinking so early on i considered him but then you just have to think of the action at hand and how they're reacting to the situation and he overall does once he's in the situation he kind of starts figuring his way out he goes from kind of being completely dumbfounded and just trying to stall for time to figuring out a plan to create a distraction and kind of lead everyone out so i can't fault him for that but then at the same time, I had a hard time thinking of anyone else because it's none of the students. Oh. They all did a good job, no, I the thought. The students did good. It's, to me, it's, 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 it's the Lucius Death Malfoy. Eaters. Like, it's specifically Lucius Malfoy. So yeah. for two reasons. Number one is how much he struggles to just... Like, basically, they're behind them. Kids don't know they're there. And they announce their presence. Like, just grab one of them. Clearly have, you know luna or neville and put your wand to their forehead and be like give me the prophecy now because mm-hmm. the reason they can't attack them is because they're all behind harry yeah so and then once they don't do that you have this whole cluster of a situation where the kids are constantly getting ahead of you and like malfoy lost control of all the death eaters like bringing bellatrix was a terrible idea just loose cannon. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put it all on Lucius Malfoy. The reason I, I didn't consider Harry is I have made Harry LVP the last three chapters in a row <laughs> for what you were saying, but like that's all happened in the past. We're here now, and uh, so I want to punish him for what he did previously. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, and I'm going Lucius as well. For that reason, he just kind of he gets into a showboaty type of mood right at the get go. But he should yeah. know that Harry has been pretty weaselly and has kind of snuck out of some situations in the past. He of all the Death Eaters should be aware of that. 
and he yeah. did not handle that situation with grace and ultimately oh. the mission is unsuccessful because they did not retrieve the prophecy and now it has been ruined yeah and uh as we know or we'll or we'll find out Dumbledore knows the prophecy he heard it mm -hmm. yeah and he also knows the individual who predicted it as well, who is still very familiar with it, and Professor Trelawney as well. So, yeah, ultimately, that's a big loss. I considered Babyhead Death Eater as well, because that's a terrible fate to have to suffer. I don't know if that can be reversed or not. We're in the Department of Mysteries. A lot of this stuff cannot be undone, I'm pretty sure. So I considered him. But I don't know who is who is who it was and what his name was. So Lucius Malfoy gets the brunt of the blame. On the flip side, yeah. MVP, I only considered one individual. Um, and I went with Neville because Neville showcased so much growth this entire book, going from being a terrible da member and like bottom of the class and no one wanting to partner with him to being basically when you don't count hermione being like the most proficient and he holds his own here and manages to be able to ensure that he can help his friends get through he's also pretty brave he's when he there's an opportunity for harry to take off with the prophecy or not hand it over and neville will get Cruciode or the 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 what am I what's the word the torture spell he takes yep. it he takes it like a champ so Neville did a lot of good this chapter faced yep. a lot of fears and was really successful and a big growth step for him yeah I'm gonna go Harry um he gets them out of the initial and at the very beginning, they are trapped. Mm -hmm. And he gets them going there. He, you know, he doesn't leave his friends behind. He does a decent job holding everybody off. He's the only one who doesn't get captured. Yeah. Um, before the order arrives. You know. So I thought I thought Harry did pretty good this chapter. So I'm that's to totally that's a good one too, and totally reasonable. So next time. We are going to read chapter 36, which has a title, The Only, only one, one He Ever Feared. He ever Feared. So what's going to happen? Dumbledore will kind of clean up this mess. Um, Harry will be very upset that his godfather is gone. I think maybe they'll explain a bit about the prophecy, but then he'll be like, all right, we don't have time to do this right now. Um, I'm at a loss. Cause yeah, I think you're, I think you're one chapter ahead. I don't think any of that happens. Okay. Um, I think Voldemort's going to show up at the beginning of the next chapter and we're going to have the Voldemort Dumbledore duel, which will result in Fudge seeing, uh, seeing Voldemort at the end of the chapter. I think Harry will be too he'll be too in shock and too much stuff will still be going on for him to be upset. I think that comes one chapter after. One chapter after. 
For some reason, I have in my head that Voldemort wasn't in this book. I'm probably wrong. I'm probably very wrong. We'll find out. David, you're like, yeah, you're you're wrong. I mean, I, I mean, it could be a movie thing, but I'm pretty sure that they have. I'm pretty sure he has to get seen, and that's what causes the end of Fudge. You're right. It is. It is good logic. I'll still stick to my whimsly, uncertain gut and say no Voldemort, but I'm probably wrong. And that's probably why I can't think of much that happens in this chapter, no, because okay. naturally what would be happen after this is you kind of go through the emotions of uh, of losing Sirius and maybe learning a bit more about the prophecy. But I think you might be right. It's also valid because of the the chapter title, the only one he ever feared. It implies that Voldemort must be involved. So this was a very weak predictive. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, just a quick one for you guys this week, but that's okay. That's okay. That's just how it goes. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Give us a follow on Instagram at Harry Potter Reread Podcast. I'm David. That was Kyle. Bye. Bye.